Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, this is Tyler. And KC. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's going on, all my woods people? It's been rainy here in Texas. You can rely on me for your up-to-date weather. This is the Whitetail Weatherman, Tyler Jones. I'm sitting here, if you can imagine, in a truck with KC Smith. And uh, we have been we've been talking a lot. We actually have been probably talking for about two hours before doing this podcast, which usually we try to do the podcast first and then talk because, you know, it's easy to to uh, get rid of all the things that we should talk about on the podcast if we just talk so mm-hmm. but uh we got uh, it's been it's been a while since we have been with you guys on the podcast we've had a crazy couple of last weeks which um i'm sure most people know but there is a virus that uh, has kind of overtaken america in many different ways um and kc has got He's actually added a new member of the element. <laughs> Not a virus. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, let's see. Last week, the 10th of March, my wife and I welcomed Stone Gunnison Smith into the world. So uh, it's been really awesome. But it's it's uh, as far as productivity outside of baby, and it's kind of cut things down a lot. And uh, um, we're kind of getting back in the groove of things. Y'all actually came and visited us yesterday and. Uh, we did our whole attempt to just be like normal people and not talk about like hunting and the element <laughs> stuff too much, and it was real yeah. hard as usual. Like I was like, "So, how did y'all's trip go?" And I was like, "Well, can't we talk about that?" Little, little. And so, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> uh, we got to talk about it on the podcast. Which so. we really probably won't even talk about it today too much because I'm hoping that you depends on the quarantine situations mm. that are going on. But you and me and old Butch can get on the podcast and talk about all that. You know what I mean? Butch is not under quarantine right now. It's good. But my mother is. Oh, yeah. That's so right. we wouldn't go in the house over there. Oh, definitely it's a scary not. Oh, oh, my goodness. I just got raged by Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm glad that um, it's that one. There's one over there that looked, I mean, it was like Dude, a good size. I nearly took off like a rolling down the, down the driveway earlier when I stepped out on one of those limbs. Mm, There's some good, good ones over there. It's a lot of dead limbs on that oak tree right there. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, um, um, so... You got you. You got you a, a new element member. That's right. And, uh, We're gonna have to get some element onesies made. Yep. Yep. Go along with t-shirts. Yep. So yep. that'll be a, that'll be coming up hopefully in <laughs> summer 2020. Um, but we. Um, you know, we've, we're, we've been doing a little fishing lately. We're going to talk hunting, which I haven't thought a ton about lately. Honestly, I just kind of have been enjoying a little time off. We did the spring break thing, like you said. Um, have there been any struggles or surprises that you've been dealing with? Uh, with the baby that you didn't, you didn't really know were going to be a deal. My, I know sleep has been a big deal. Well, that's my biggest surprise is the fact that you know me, like I'm real dedicated to my sleep. <laughs> yeah. And when I don't get six hours plus, I do not do well. Yeah. Um, 
And the baby has taught me that I can function a lot better than I thought I did on very little sleep. It's just you kind of got to get used to it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like if you're used to getting eight hours a night and then suddenly you get five, oh, that kills you. But oh, yeah. if you stream together a couple of three hours a night's you can do it pretty good. Yeah. Now it's going to catch up with you. Yeah, you'll probably. Yeah, you'll <clears throat> you'll probably have to. I feel like at least for me, like I'm. I like to get about seven and a half hours to eight hours a night. Mm-hmm. I mean, eight hours makes me feel real good. Oh yeah. You know, other than my back, it kind of hurts. <clears throat> After about seven and a half hours, usually it sounds like a weird deal, but my back actually does start hurting before, right before eight hours of sleep. Usually, mm-hmm. and so uh, I usually wake up a little bit before that. But if I get eight, I feel good, man. If I do five or six, like. If I do that two to three nights in a row, I'm in trouble. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's gonna, I gotta figure out a way to catch some sleep somewhere, get a nap or something. You know, so yeah, that's where uh, that's what how my sleep and situation. I think along goes. with that, um, ever since so I haven't done hardly any physical activity in about a week and a half. I've been trying to work out a little bit, but it's kind of hard to do. So like, lack of sleep, eating like junk all the time, and not being able to do a lot. Like I feel like a tubby flubby right yeah. now. Like it is. I did not like it. And yeah. thinking Because we were talking about elk applications, and I was like, <laughs> dude, I'm scared to think about elk hunting right now because I'm not in good shape. Like, it's not just the... Need I'm that not, 16A where man, you can just hunt from the road. Yeah, <laughs> just be taking Heath side by side with us and just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drive it up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm not just in that point of being out of shape. Like, I've gained weight, which mm-hmm. is not good. Yeah. And, and Which I do that over whitetail season anyways, but I usually can drop it. But I think I've added an extra 10 pounds or so to that. So I think I'm headed back the other re- direction finally. So I'm glad you um, brought me gorditas yesterday. That yeah, way you really yeah. could help me a lot. Well, I brought you a, pom- a pomelo or how, pomelo. pomelo. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if you eat enough of that and only that, you probably would lose some weight. I, I bet, dude. Yeah. I guarantee you. You go on the citrus diet? Yeah. Oh, man. Man. There ain't nothing to it. It's a wild. Burning your stomach in half. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> some citric acid. <laughs> Ooh. So, anyways, you mentioned the um, you mentioned the, the elk stuff mm-hmm. yesterday. And I don't know when people listen to this podcast, but yesterday for us was uh, the last day in New Mexico. That's right. It no longer exists. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't for me. Last day for New Mexico draw. I was going to try to get both of us in somehow, and I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't even get myself in. Yeah, that was kind of a stinky thing for me this year, man. It's like we're pretty poor right now, just because of I haven't worked hardly at all because of the baby, and then. There's expenses because of the baby, and then not to mention this uh, economic recession that we're in right now. This is a real deal and unavoidable thing because of the whole virus and the panic that goes along with that. Um, we just, I just couldn't couldn't pull off a $750. And actually, I could have pulled off the application, but my my wife had a good point the other day, and she she's great about this stuff. So it's not like she would she just always says no when I ask to do things, but. Um, and if you're single, you're laughing. If you're married, you know you actually do ask about stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, she was like, what if you actually draw? I was like, yeah, then you're right. I, we are out. Because <laughs> I, I was like, well, it's only for a month. I was like, well, the idea is to actually draw. That's what mm-hmm. she said. Like, you want to draw. So what well, if you actually what do What stinks draw? is like this thing, this thing that we're going through, this recession, this, this virus, like it's going to be more than a month before – things start to happen too much again i feel yeah. like so oh, yeah. like you're looking at like if we if this was like oh y'all gotta you know y'all are out for two weeks and then now everything's back to normal the economy economy picks back mm-hmm. up you go back to work two weeks later then it's like okay well if 700 bucks comes out of my account we can handle it mm-hmm. but dude it ain't like if you're struggling to get work now in a month you're still going to probably be on that struggle bus you know yeah. what i mean so it's uh, it kind of stinks, man. That that's just what it is, man. And I, I personally, um, I have the money to do it, or at least the credit to do it. And um, I was going to, and I, but I always try to wait because I don't want to be out the money as you know forever because mm-hmm. that's a lot of money for me. And so I, um, I was gonna wait and wait, and and of course as the days come in, you know, like with with everything that's been going on, man, it's just been just crazy. And I get down to yesterday, which is the final day, and we have like a we have like a a church elders meeting that uh, I was asked to be a part of as a worship leader, and so uh, we obviously talked about what we're going to do about church this week, and um, that got out at five forty-five and six Central Time is when the so application did you know you get to put in? No, I can put in. 
So we're definitely not going into Mexico. No, we're not. I mean, as far as I know, unless somebody wants to give us a landowner tag, you <laughs> yeah, know what no I mean? <laughs> uh, but which I will gladly take if, mm-hmm. if you're out there listening to this. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, I mean, I didn't get in. I I got home at, at about five about five fifty, and tried to log in. And of course, you know, you do this one time a year. I don't know what my login is. I start trying to look it up, and really, what it boils down to is I I needed to, you know reset my password is what I probably needed to do because I couldn't figure out my password. I looked at an old application and found my username, but I didn't have my password. And so with like three minutes left, I basically just gave up. So All right. I was We're not going sad. to Mexico Pretty this year. sad, which I've been putting in New Mexico since 2011, and since 2011 I have not drawn. Well, this is just the you're – you're sticking it to the man this year is the thing. Yeah, right? I'm telling them, yeah. hey, if hey. y'all aren't going to let me draw, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to give y'all any money. That's right. So uh, there's still other other uh, apps out there, though, Yeah, luckily. So, so um, I mean, that's my kind of thing is that I probably won't apply for any other elk tags. I'll probably just go OTC Colorado um, and – that's fine because you know I had an awesome one last year, awesome hunt opportunity, and uh, I kind of miss getting to hunt with my family too. Mm-hmm. You know that's a pretty fun thing to do. So uh, that's probably my elk plan. Uh, if I go, uh, you know we're gonna have to see how those next couple months go for everything. But uh, I really, you are rubbing off on me, you sap sucker. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm becoming more and more of a whitetail hunter, which everybody knows, right? And I'm like, I got to make sure I have the money for Kansas mm-hmm. and other states that I might go to. So, uh, if I have the money to go elk hunting on September 13th, then I say, okay, I'm going. Mm-hmm. That's one of the nice things about like being fully equipped for an elk hunt is that you can just kind of go. Yeah, you know, like uh, kind of like what you were like. Well, we both were this way because we did the backcountry thing. But you last year even more like. Kind of were having to buy a couple other things too, just to hunt elk. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you get to a point, unless you're just a gear nut who wants to like constantly improve and save ounces or something dumb, um, <laughs> then uh, you know you pretty much are ready to go. Yeah. It's like, well, we've been talking about fishing some. Um, I haven't bass fished with conventional tackle in probably five years, and I just got all my stuff out and have been bass yeah. fishing with my dad. Got, got enough baits, yeah. you know, and oh, the skirts on my stinking. Uh, Spinner baits are falling off. I know. It's frustrating. Yeah, there was. I opened up my dad's chatterbait box the other day, and all of them are melted. It's like <sighs> what in the world? I lost my off. best chatterbait yesterday. Did you? Yes, it's it unfortunate. Was dumb. Yeah. I bought uh, a couple months ago. Bass Pro had like um, uh, some really. I forget what the brand is. All of a sudden, uh, but nice spinner ga- spinner baits for like two dollars, like $1.98. Yeah, I think they were Terminators. I like Terminators. I think yeah. I those yesterday a lot. Yeah. So uh, I bought a bunch of them, and yeah. so we got some. Of those and I like the Indiana blade, and they had a bunch of I don't know what them. that is. It's like uh, it's the middle between a Colorado and a Willow blade. So it's like a it's like like the Colorado is what a lot of people traditionally have put on in muddy water because it's got mm-hmm. more thump to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, for those who don't know, fish have fish feel through their lateral line as much as anything, like even seeing sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so especially in muddy water, they're going to feel that thump and you know react to that bait, but. I like the Indiana blade because less people use it. Most people are easy, either using a willow in like clear conditions or Colorado. The Indiana is kind of like the the uh, it's a different thump than mm-hmm. they see. You know, let I mean? me ask you this, which isn't a big deal in most places, but Lake Fork sees a lot of spin rates. <laughs> Man, you know I mean? a lot of times, just if you can have something different than what everybody's throwing, it doesn't matter if it goes with conventional knowledge or not. Mm-hmm. You know, like for instance, uh, conventional knowledge is dark water, dark bait, but I don't know. I do. I like white. In yeah. a lot of scenarios. Chartreuse in there, too. Yeah, man. exactly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I was throwing that yesterday. We didn't have a great day. Maybe I should have thrown that. But, <laughs> dude, it's just something about throwing a dark spinnerbait is not something I'm into. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dark jig all the way. Yeah. Like, yeah. like always. But, yeah. like, man, I just have a hard time throwing a black spinnerbait. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. I know yeah. it, man. Well, I don't know. We, we've had, we've actually um, had a couple pretty good days, man, out fishing with my dad. Mm-hmm. If this rain would, like... Honestly, a little rain doesn't doesn't make too much difference. I don't feel, but like when we got as much, get as much as we got like today and yesterday. Yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, it's gonna be muddy, man, and I just don't love. I feel like there's other things I could be doing, but at the same time, with this coronavirus, it's like 
maybe there's not other things you should be doing. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just go fishing. So, I don't know. Of course, we are we had to do a podcast today because it's been almost a month by the time we get this thing Sorry, out. Sorry, guys. So, <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we, we did have something to do, I we guess. Did, and, and for what it's worth, we had some technical difficulties on one about two weeks ago. I want to cry. And uh, we recorded actually a really, really good podcast uh, with one of our local buddies here. And um, the... Just, the local buddy. The the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was so appreciative that I did that to him. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. We might try to rehash that one of these days yep. or something. But, Hopefully uh, soon. I mean, and uh, he's a he's what? Are they, what would you call it? Like a intercontinental guy or something yeah. like that? You know, that's like, true. He's all over the place. We so. can't rehash it because he probably needs to be in quarantine. Yeah, no kidding. In his Delta Lounge or wherever he's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. yeah, sorry about that. Uh, but we're gonna get do our best to get back on schedule with these things, mm-hmm. especially since things are kind of leveling out at home with me and the baby and all that kind of stuff. It was a hog recap. It was. So we were gonna do, like we recapped the hog hunt, talked about hogs and stuff like that. So we were really excited to bring that to you. So sorry, but maybe that's a summertime deal. Eh, go watch the videos if you haven't. How yeah, about that? for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Watch so. them again if you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we're going to, hopefully you and I will be able to get in a boat pretty soon and do some fishing videos. We talked about it today, but there's like straight up thunderstorms rolling in yep. in a couple hours. So and it, stun- and it didn't thunder, but it stormed all morning. So Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's more of a probably catfishing day than anything. Sure enough. <laughs> I guarantee it's that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Colorado is what you're looking at probably for, for elk, elk hunting. Year, if yeah. you get to go. Um, I guess I didn't draw in Arizona because I hadn't seen anything. Of course, I don't check my bank account that much because I always know there's less than $1,000 in there. So it's like, eh, it don't matter. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, outside of that, for me personally, and this is kind of what we're going to talk about a lot in this episode is uh, just kind of our plans for 2020. We're going to kind of really put an emphasis on what we're doing uh, maybe on Texas Public or what our plans are for, for our Texas Public stuff. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. But um, for me, like, I kind of thought we would start kind of early season and mm-hmm. then and then talk about that. And early season for me looks at looks like pretty much September. Um, I'm not blessed enough to have, um, you know, a place or an opportunity really to hunt like pronghorns in August or anything like that. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, when I look at September, obviously elk is in there um, as something that's an option every year. Um, I didn't draw Arizona, I don't guess. I'm not going to draw New Mexico, obviously. Uh, I'm going to put in, um, in Colorado, I may just put points only, I don't know, because I'm starting to get a couple of points for elk, and I'm going to kind of look at things and see what, what it all looks like. Mm-hmm. But um, I know you and I, a couple of years ago, uh, spent a morning trying to get some leftover tags, and that was a disaster. But if it does happen, and it does happen for people, like we might need to check that out again this year, at yeah. least for me. You know, I would love to. Uh, oh, I'm definitely going like to do that. that too. I just yeah. didn't mention it a while ago. Sure. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, <laughs> cut that. Uh, so, no, it's, it's no, but you know what I mean. Like that's what we're. That's what I. That's kind of a plan, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I would like to honestly, I would like to start building points in Montana and Wyoming. I haven't built points there because uh, it's expensive, and mm-hmm. I always in the last few years I've been like, well, Wyoming, I've got till October. To yeah. buy my bonus point, and then October rolls around. I'm like, I have no money. I need <laughs> gas money for deer hunting, you know. And so it's just. It I don't remember happen. if I did it last year or not, but I have a point or two in Wyoming. Yeah. Um. So, I think like three points gets you pretty good in Wyoming, if I remember. Yeah, right. like, I think there's, from what I understand, there's some good grizzly units for like two or three points mm, that I love grizzly. You units. can you can hunt good elk, but you have to hunt amongst the grizz. Man, can you do that? But also, like I, here's my thing with grizzly units. I don't think I want to do backcountry grizzly units. Yeah. If I can truck camp in grizzly unit, I, I think I feel okay about that. But there's just something about sleeping on the ground around grizzlies that's pretty sketchy. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, yeah. right? But, like, if I'm being real and not just trying to act, act like a tough guy, like, I think that, you know, yeah. overnighting in grizzly country with food is just... Yeah. And A, the, or B, the like, just the hassle of hanging food and doing all that stuff. Like, we did it mm-hmm. some in New Mexico, um, but... Yeah, but we like we hung the food in our campground. Yeah, we just didn't want like, stuff getting into if it. If it was wasn't grizzly like we... country, I'm not putting that Mm-mm. food in our campground. No. You know what I mean? Uh uh-uh. Yeah, it's going somewhere else for yeah. sure. So I yeah, I'm kinda with you on that. It's 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 a weird deal. I haven't I have camped in the back country in grizzly country, but I've been with a guide who and we had two high powered rifles and we were in 
uh, wall tent as opposed to like a yeah one man. Which is if y'all probably were also in a very established human spot, wouldn't you say? Like that's like a traditional camp camping spot for that. Hunt. Not not the not the not when we really spiked out the second yeah. time. I mean. Maybe the first time I don't. I think that that's probably a spot. Yeah, but we the one of the grizzlies we saw was a quarter mile from camp mm, party. So from the the main camp, mm-hmm. but like yeah the the second time that we uh, we went out we we like spiked out from that camp to another uh, um, canvas tent, and it had a grizzly like rip through it. It had like a like a three claws rip through the side of it. So cool. And like he was like yeah I hadn't been here in like a year. Um, I checked on it last year when I was running horses through here, you know, or whatever. And he's like, apparently one of them slept there over, over winter in the tent. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Nice. I'm sleeping in the middle. Not, so. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to be there in the winter. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. So that's, uh, I guess that's, that's elk pretty much. right? Yeah. Like that's what, just... and, and for me, I probably, I don't know if I'm going to do, I definitely, I don't think I'm going to do an OTC hunt. Um, I think like. If I can get a decent tag in the leftover, then I'll be good. I may, I'll probably do that, you know, obviously. But um, I think if if it comes down to me either doing an OTC or not going to elk hunting, I'll probably try to find a deer hunt to do, yeah. I think. So kind of kind of like, you know, I guess not really kind of like, yeah, kind of like yet last year except for we went on the elk hunt. But, you know, I, I uh, did a September deer hunt, and I'll probably find something like that again. Which, yeah, I think I'd be down for, you know, everything depends on finances, of course, but – uh, trying to do like a four day or something out of state white to you know run up and just shoot a deer somewhere in September because mm-hmm. it's fun you mm-hmm. know like I'm I mean honestly trophy hunting mature buck hunting in September is pretty tough because mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's a thing that you gotta be local to find a mature buck mm-hmm. in September right or just well, luck into it I mean there's there are there are you know methods to to make that happen like. You know, there's guys that we know that do that. But, like, yeah. the thing is, I think a lot of those methods are dependent upon what properties are in some certain system mm-hmm. as as available to the public or just what in general in, in a certain area that you can reach by a day's drive, you know, what the pub, the properties on, on, for public look like in that area or if you can get permission. Because yeah. and what I'm saying is, like, if they're going to be a, on a bed-to-feed pattern – pretty hard in september probably mm-hmm. and if you can find green beans that they're gonna eat and bedding close by like there's a good chance that there's a decent buck you know that you could hunt maybe or whatever yeah. but and then a way to get in between him and bedding but um you know like last year where i was at was i was having trouble finding i was having trouble finding um like a food source mm-hmm. for deer um on i mean there's a there's tens of thousands of core land of acres of core land that we were hunting and we really weren't i guess they had some floods or something i can't even remember now but like they didn't have a ton of beans in Mm -hmm. that area and so it was like we couldn't find any bed to feed patterns necessarily luckily there was deer everywhere and we were able to figure out like oh well deer are moving through there i don't really know why but just part of their daily life you know whatever i'm sure they're just browsing but um and we got between it anthony i got between you know a deer and where he was headed and shot that that little velvet buck but i think like you could end up in a spot like that where you're like oh well okay because of weather or whatever it is Mm -hmm. or road crop rotation we don't really have a place that we can get between like if i could hunt over there quarter mile on that property that section or whatever that quarter section like they're all over there but i can't get between them and that and what they're going to well i think you know you mentioned we have friends that do it where meaning they go out and kill mature bucks in september uh that friend's been doing the September thing for a long time, mm-hmm. and I think that that helps a ton. I mean, I've never done it. You've done it once, mm-hmm. right? The, mm-hmm. They go and want to hunt in September, and just like anything else in the outdoors, experience is worth more than anything else, yep. right? So what it takes is going and doing it, and then sooner or later, you you know, mm-hmm. you'll you increment up. A property you'll or maybe you figure something out. this year. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <to> spike. yeah. <laughs> for real. No, yeah. um, I think if I go, uh, which I plan on going somewhere in September, but if I go to my, my thoughts are Nebraska or possibly North Dakota, even mm-hmm. uh, I really don't. I really would like to go to North Dakota because I think of the, there's a good big buck potential, but it's a long ways from Texas. Oh. You know, it's a lot so easier far. to get to from the upper Midwest. Plane tickets might be cheap right now. That's true. I don't know if you can fly into Bismarck or whatever. Dude, but. Yeah, buy one and fly in. That would be pretty ideal, man. Um, 
That'd be cool. But anyway, so those are my two states that I'm looking at. Yeah. And if I go back to Nebraska, I won't go back to where I was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided that pretty much during the hunt. And so I showed everybody like <laughs> the lake and everything. I was like, I don't care if y'all find this. Um, so, you know, I didn't, I mean, that was, it is what it is. There was a ton of deer. I would go back there at some point probably, but like, um, unless I find something better and then I'm just going to be, you know, never mind. But that's, uh, I think there's better options in Nebraska than where I was at. So yep. hopefully, uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Hey, and then real quick, yeah. before we move to October, is that what you're doing right no, now? No, not yet. Okay. What are you doing? Uh, Kansas. September, Kansas? Possibly. Scary. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. And then I got something to say before October. Uh, okay. All so, right. so I was thinking that if, you know, to be honest, like if <clears throat> I could get a deer patterned in Kansas, we have a couple of properties that might have a, you might be able to pattern deer in that um, early season. I would season. love for us to be able to one of us kill a deer in Kansas early. It'd that be would cool. Be awesome. I, at, at the same time, like I don't want to miss out on, you know, camp and everything. So I'd have yeah. to go back, even if I was taking Well, whoever out. can go back as cameraman, as long as yeah. there's no too much existing camp tags chef out there. Oh, too, you know what I mean? Let me tell you something. Just be the guy who wakes up, cooks, <laughs> and then takes a nap and then goes out for evening hunts. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's Sounds what I'm good do. to me. That's what I'm going to do. So, uh, that's, that's just a thought. It's really, it's just a matter of like, and I I need to make myself do this, but get some cameras going in August Mm -hmm. and, and have an idea what's there. And honestly, a cell camera would be awesome Mm, because just going up there in September to check cameras. And if you don't have anything, not hunt, it's Mm kind of like, Whoa, I just drove a long ways to do that. So yeah. Anyway, um, that's kind of my thoughts, man, uh, about early season. You had uh, something you want to talk about? Yes. Doesn't pertain to this. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. We need to tell people about what we're doing tonight oh. before we get going too far into this thing. Yep. Tonight at 8 p.m., we're doing an Instagram live with a couple special guests. Watch to see who they are because it might even change between now and then. But <laughs> cool, we're going to talk to a couple yeah. cool dudes. Honestly, the thing is, is that a lot of us are kind of stuck not being able to do all the things we usually like to do. Um, and might be spending some time at home on our phones. And it's also the time of year where we're really talking about uh, some gear, planning, like we're doing in this podcast right here. So we're going to talk about all that kind of stuff um, on the live feed tonight, 8 p.m. Don't miss it. I'll probably talk a little shed hunting, too, just because it's topical. But mm-hmm. uh, newsflash, people in the South don't find a lot of sheds. Yeah, are we going shed hunting this year? No. No? I mean... I can't be very far from the house for the next couple of weeks. So. I would think most of our public stuff is pretty flooded right now, too. Yeah. It's like, which might concentrate the sheds, but, I mean, it's just, they might concentrate them to private. Well, you know we do mean? have a couple cameras out still in Texas public Ooh. that we got to go get. That would be scary cameras, by the way. Dude. Um, yeah. Little country. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> and we did find a pretty good shed there last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we might do that. But yeah, that's the thing I wanted to tell everybody before we get to October. Yeah. Uh, be sure and get on Instagram uh, live tonight mm-hmm. at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, we're going to do some question and answer stuff with our guests. Y'all can ask us questions. And who knows, if you're real cool, we might even include you in the live. Ooh. You might Your face might be shown to the masses. How about that? Yeah. We, uh, we're going to do some of these. So, you know, keep in touch through Instagram. Uh, we'll try to make announcements prior to going and doing these things, but uh, anyway, yeah, it should be a fun, th- fun right, deal. For so sure. October, still so, early season, right? But like, yeah, we're transit. Like more seasons open once yeah. we get to October, right? And this yep. is where, um, <clears throat> like, everybody knows we're going to go to Kansas and hunt. We might even do some other Midwest states or something. Uh, depends on how things go, but those will be usually November hunts and that kind of thing. But that's whenever the home base opens up for us, right? That's mm-hmm. when Texas opens up for hunting. Usually September 28th or 29th, something like that, which I still would love to kill a September whitetail in Texas. I've never done it. It'd be cool. Um, But uh, anyway, we really wanted to hit heavy on some Texas public plans Mm -hmm. because this year, just with the scenarios we had going, we had tags all over the country. Uh, Tyler and I were heading all different directions. We didn't do a ton of Texas public land hunting. Tyler really capitalized on one trip mm-hmm. in Texas public land and killed a buck and a doe, and that was bad to the bone. You can see that stuff on the YouTube channel as well. We'll link to that below. But um, uh, I think that this year um, I really want to uh, not refocus, but make sure I don't lose focus on some of the Texas public yeah, hunting yeah. opportunities that we have. Because um, we've been working on these Map Scout Challenge things, y'all, and uh, 
I think one of the things that has opened my eyes to Texas public even more than before was the Map Scout Challenge because mm-hmm. um, we've hunted some WMAs around home and we've hunted some WMAs far from home. And just the hypothesis that I'm putting together is that there is some pretty good Texas public hunting out there, but you just got to go to it. Yeah. Uh, I think that some of the stuff that we've did on, done on the National Forest and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, there's some deer to be killed, man. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to go spend my whole season and dedicate it down there, but shoot, a three-day trip when the acorns are falling. Mm-hmm. You know, we found a bunch of those swamp chestnut trees down there, mm-hmm. swamp chestnut oaks. Like, yep. there's going to be some bed-to-feed stuff going down down there for sure. So... Uh, we also found a lot of rubs there. We did. Which means probably in mid-November, Bucks. things are going to be popping down mm-hmm. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And another thing is, like, when you're driving pretty far from home, uh, the trophy side of things kind of diminishes. And yeah. And it's just fun to shoot deer. Dude, that's the thing. Like, that was kind of where we got to in Nebraska. It was like, man, it's like all of a sudden you're like, I feel like I might shoot something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you're going to, you know, Iowa and you're like, it's October. You're mm-hmm. like, hey, it's going to take a pretty big deer. Yeah. Like, this deer does not just come out very often. Yeah. You know and you I mean? passed a pretty big deer in Iowa this yeah. year. Yeah, and when you go on a trip like that, you're like, man, um, you know, there's a good chance I'm not shooting a deer. So you don't get, like, super high. But when you're like, man, I'm shooting any legal buck, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this whoa. this might happen. I know. Unless you're in Texas and it's a 13-inch roll and you're like, any oh. legal buck, and you're like, oh, I'm probably not going to get a shoot. Man, look at that. Nice 128-inch eight-point that's 12 inches wide. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, so, But, no, it's I'm, – I'm the same way. I was going to actually mention that was kind of in my thoughts was the Map Scout Challenge stuff is really – opened my eyes as well and i think that it's not necessarily the wma as it as much maybe as it is um just being able to find the spot on the wma you know Mm -hmm. what i mean not not that there's only one spot but you're very good at map scouting and i feel like i have come a long way as well um and when when i when we looked at these properties together to do our map scouting thing um, I think we were pretty able to find decent sign on, with our boots because of our map scouting. We did not do a lot of boot. Uh, you know, we didn't we didn't walk very much on these map scout things. You know what I mean? Like we walked way more on yeah. some local stuff. You know what I mean? Real, we didn't make big loops. We just made little radius things right. out yeah. from like and. Most of the places we went and checked on were stuff that people had sent to us. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we were like, okay, we're in the area. We're also going to go to this one and check mm-hmm. it out. And in both places, you know, usually within a quarter mile of a dot that somebody sends us, you can find something pretty good mm-hmm. if you really learn what you're looking for. Yeah, you know? that's the, then that's the thing, man, is like um, the map scouting thing, if you, know, if, you're not, if you don't do it, just a little inspiration here for you. When you first start doing it, you're going to be lost. You're going to be like... I'm just looking at some woods here. Mm-hmm. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. But just try to, I mean, and this, this is obviously kind of sounds like a selfish plug, but you can you can get it from several different sources. But we're going to do this Map Scout Challenge and talk about how what we're looking for, and we're going to really get detailed into this, and you're going to see this this summer um, with the videos we put out. And it hopefully it will help explain to you how to look at stuff, and we're going to show coordinates and everything. So you're going to actually be able to see why this stuff works and so you can apply that to other places and once you learn the little things that you're looking for you know whether whether that's uh how deer bed on the edge of a bowl in the mountains or or uh, you know that we're looking for interior edges or whatever it might be like you know once you learn those things you can apply them all over the place all over the country because like you always say you know deer doing deer things right yeah. like wherever they live deer are deer and so they're going to have similar things about them that kind of go through and through in the entire herd and at least here in you know the u.s mm-hmm. so anyway just some thoughts about the map scout challenge um but yeah the, the texas pub thing is definitely um something with me not having an iowa tag this year that i'm really excited to get back to doing yeah and um um, yeah, there's a lot of different, like I said, our eyes are open, but, um, especially like in some really more local stuff, I'm still itching to shoot a big legal buck. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, on the, on the stuff that's closer, a little bit closer to home. And so 
that's something that's been a challenge for me and that has taken it's going to have taken years. Challenge? Yeah, challenge. <laughs> so it's, it's going to have taken years uh, once I get it I done. I can't wait till you cry oh, after I'm shooting a 40 inch It's going to be like cry, dude. Gonna, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And then I'm going to cry because I'm going to be like, oh, is he, is he 13 or not? <laughs> He's going to be a 13.25, you know. Uh. So, um, but, dude, I, I, I mean, when I see a deer that's like, when I see a deer, it's going to be, like, I struggle a lot of times to think about that legal side of things. When I'm mm. like, well, that's a four-year-old plus deer. Get you excited, I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, I'm ready to shoot. If he comes over, I'm going to shoot <laughs> or him. Or if you've been hunting Texas public for four years and haven't shot one, you're like, well, that's a two-year-old deer. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no hammer kidding. down. No kidding. So, uh, for me, you know, like, I'm looking at, if we get a little more detailed here, I'm looking at focusing on, I mean, obviously, I think you and I are both in the same boat on the low country kind of deal as mm-hmm. being a focus, a spot of focus. But I may spend a lot of time... Focus on on teen- teenager again. Ooh, I can't believe it. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> because what's funny is that, <laughs> man, I hope you kill him. But thanks, dude. You'll be like, you'll say this stuff in the off season, and you'll put all the time into it, and then come about mm-hmm. December fifteenth, you're like, man, I'm such a freaking. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But you're not, but yeah. because man, that's a rare deer. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's an awesome buck, and I, I, I am there for you if you're ready to concentrate on teenager. Let's go find that son of a gun. That's the man. That's the thing is like, because we didn't, we didn't make much of a big deal of this at all this year for the first time, but we found teenager again. Yeah, post season. Post season. Yeah, after the season, he was still, he was still alive, and it just blows my mind, man. And and what's crazy is and, and cool is that we found him postseason this year, the same place we found him postseason in 2017, right? I don't remember three where years we found ago. him. So. Three years ago, um, I hung a camera with Jet, and we found mm, him in the yeah, same spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it just – that right there kind of solidifies to me where – for sure where his, like, late season places, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Killing him is a different deal, man. It is. Especially, um, especially there on that part of that property. Um, but like the the one thing that still kind of is uh, blows my mind, and I, I just don't understand, is where he goes from about right now until October. I think that, uh, and we've probably said this before, but I think that killing him in the early season would be ideal. Yeah. Before pressure gets in there, before like you get dudes going crazy on WMAs and bumping deer all around, you know how we've talked about how he has a pretty big home range. Mm-hmm. A, he's getting older, so that might shrink. Yeah. But B, I think that one of the reasons he has that big home range is that he's getting bumped. I Probably think right. I think that dudes are going in there hunting, maybe hunting him or just hunting deer. He's smelling them and he goes to a different spot that's mm-hmm. far, far away. You're probably right because you look at his his late season play uh you know like home range or whatever it's in a spot that you we've just have never seen much human sign mm-hmm. we just never seen many stands or foot tracks or Things anything over there. it does it's not mm-hmm. fun there's briars everywhere it's nasty. like this year we tried to hunt there one day like on a whim the and last like, day it was tough to find a place to sit and hunt and feel like you actually were going to see deer yeah you know we actually had pulled the camera found out that he was Literally, like, three or four days prior, he was in the daylight mm-hmm. coming through in this area. And it was so hard for us to find a place to set up and shoot him, whether on the ground or in a tree, that we literally gave up and walked back to the truck. Yeah. It was just like, it's just, there's no point. I mean, literally, you couldn't kill him off the ground because the grass is too tall, and you couldn't kill him from a tree because the trees are too tiny or whatever. You Tyler know? hates hunting from the ground, too, so I do. It's, it's hard to talk do, him man. into it. I, and I've done it, and I've killed deer from the ground, but it's just, it's so much easier from a tree. Oh, yeah, you know especially I mean? when you're filming and all this extra stuff that yeah. we do, you know? I yeah. Mean, not to make it, make excuses for us, but, I mean... When you got two guys who are moving around doing stuff before you shoot a deer, it makes yeah. it pretty tough. So. I mean, I'm all about stalking a deer in the open country from the ground or whatever. Or you can see them, you mm-hmm. know. But, like, when you start just hunting from the ground in a place that's not, you know, Iowa or whatever mm-hmm. and where there's deer running everywhere, like, you got a good chance of just all of a sudden it's about 45 minutes till dark and you just look, you look back over your shoulder and you're literally looking in the same gaze as a monster bug that has seen you from 60 yards and there's nothing you can do about it he saw you move your head you know what i mean yeah so 
it's uh it's just tough, man. But yeah, yeah anyway, so, so we left we left that that afternoon. How are you going to go about this whole ordeal on targeting the teenager buck? Um so I have some thoughts. Good. We didn't we first, didn't, first step. <laughs> wait, that's good, yeah. That is the first step. We didn't um do much summer stuff last year Mm-mm, at all. Because it's terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> and so what I'm thinking is but, that we... Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Go. Go with okay, the butt. But we did do some summer stuff right there. We hung, we hung three trail cameras in that general area. Was that last year? Yes. Remember we hung the cameras over that pond? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the point I was going to make earlier is that you were talking about early season. Yeah. And obviously, like, when it's hot, 95 in the early season in Texas, it's like, well, water makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And so we put a – we actually put a camera in that same uh, spot that we've uh, – same – very close to place that we've had teenager on camera in November mm-hmm. and in January and December, mm-hmm. uh, all three months. Um, and in late September, we had – Bachelor groups of a couple of nice bucks in there. I mm-hmm. mean, like, but of like five bucks coming through, drinking and whatever. And teenager was not in there. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, what so do we do? Where is he at? Here's what I think on that. And we showed um, that water works, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We got pictures of deer going to water uh, right there. So maybe instead of like trying to find his bed. Because that's a terrible thing to do in Texas. Yeah. We find is water. And we go out there. That's a good point. And we look on the map. We find every water source that you can find from a map and put cameras on those water sources in, like, August. That way we can go in there and check them mid-September and be ready to hunt him September opener if we can find him. Mm-hmm. It's, a good, it's a good idea. The one thing that I'm worried about in that scenario is, or there's two things. A... Um, as is a lot of deer country, there's creek systems that make the the water source kind of a difficult thing for mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? But, yes. But it seems like deer like water tanks. Yeah. More I than, think you're right. I think you're right. And either way, I think they're going to use tanks because um, deer, everything a deer does is social. Mm-hmm. And drinking out of a creek is not a social thing. Because mm-hmm. it's readily available anywhere through there. So, like, there's this, I think there's point. this situation where, like, they gravitate towards these ponds and, like, small bodies of water because it makes other deer are going to go there, too. Mm-hmm. Even when they're not rutting, they're still, what's it, gregarious? Isn't that the right word? Where I think that's right. They like to be around others of the mm-hmm. same type. Yep. So they have this gregarious nature where they're going to go to a place where others are also going to be so they can just kind of have a, keep tabs on each other socially. Right, so, right. Uh, yes, on the creek thing, but I think that they're still going to use... I mean, we've seen it. They're still going to use ponds yeah, yeah. when there's a creek. The one thing is, I don't know how many ponds are... I mean, it's a sizable property, but mm-hmm. with, with I don't know how many ponds they have on that don't property. Worry, I'm looking at on X right we, now. We're going to look at it. <laughs> um, I think it's a good idea, um, you know, and to kind of tie into this right now, um, I have plans to do some summer scouting, like you probably inferred at this point. But the the main thing is that I would like to do is basically go in, make a web, and try to find find him with cameras. But I want to go in in like late May, early June, and hang mm. cameras and not come back until August. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't know, you know, how I will stick to that plan or not. Yeah, but. You know, because you just get restless in the summer sometimes, especially when it's hot and you're just like, man, I can't do, I'm just not doing anything outside, you know. But really, I just want to go in and spend one day hanging cameras in a web and come back and, you know, spend one day picking up cameras and making decisions. And that's kind of my thoughts about what I would try to do to find them in the summer. But the thing is, we've done it before, and man... Uh, several times, and we have not found this deer in the summer. It's a big web, man. That's the, that's one of the difficult things. Yeah, is like, whew. that's one of the things with hunting WMAs. It's yeah, a big piece of property. I just don't know if you can. I just don't know if you can. Um, I don't think you just put the web out. Maybe the web is via the, um, you know, the tanks or whatever that we're finding. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what our our web looks like, but. And 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 also, it's not like I don't know. I could I could definitely find him and put him put one up on a fringe and find him somewhere. Yeah. But 
I just don't know, man, because I know where he's going to be November through January or mm-hmm. have a decent idea. And so I think I'm just going to put him there in those places um, and hope that he shows up there. And maybe like, like we're saying, maybe his, his range has shrunk and it's changed just a little bit to be there in the summer, you know. Yeah. So that's – I don't know. That's the idea behind it. I think just because – you know, there's a good chance that this deer is getting to the point now where he's getting old enough to die pretty easy, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and just also just everything. There's a lot of factors involved, but I just want to spend some time focusing on this deer. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. I think what stinks is that we don't have a lot of good info, trail camera info this year from him. And I think that's but because we didn't have trail cameras over maybe there Maybe that also means that his home range is continuing to shrink because he's getting older. And that's why, because we found him as a three-year-old, right? That's what we think. Probably-ish. Like, if he's a two-year-old, he's a giant Texas mm-hmm. two-year-old. So over the years, if if common knowledge works, the common knowledge is that bucks shrink their home range as they get older. So... Now, maybe your chance is better than ever that if you get some trail camera pictures of this deer, you will be able to zero in on him. Whereas as a really big, very dominant four-year-old, he's running all over the place, yeah. and we're just two steps behind. Which, tw- 2017 was when we assumed he was four, and we had pic- tons of pictures of him that all year. All over the place. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was all over. That was really... I think we talked to Jeff Sturgis after that year, like the summer after, and... Uh, I was like trying to figure out how do I how do I find find out where this deer lives? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he's just so random. But yeah, he definitely was. That was his most photographic year. So, which puts him at five and eighteen, and last year six. He looked like a six year old. Yeah, he looked up pretty old. So he'll be seven this year, we think. And it would it would be it would just be the coolest thing dude. <laughs> you know what i mean like oh i can't even imagine but we're just gonna try to try to find him i guess somehow i mean i think your water theory is a pretty good one uh, the another this was part two of what uh, i thought was a problem with the water theory is that last year that bachelor group stopped kind of coming right about the time deer season started it's like, funny how they do that it dude it was it's wild it literally like deer season started in october this year or no, it was like was it late September, last of September, like 29th or something pretty much october so yeah. like the 24th or something was like the last time we really had any decent bucks come through on that on that water i think tank. it has to do something with the first acorn fall it's got to be like i know that deer have an association to hunters and hunting season, but I think it's pretty much reactive. There's no way that deer are predicting that hunters are fixing to enter the woods. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a possibility. No, no, it's not. So, and I don't think people are. I can almost guarantee you, nobody's going out there on September 22nd or 4th and hanging stands and stuff. Nobody's as dumb as us. No, no. Um, I mean, we haven't seen them, and I can just tell you, it is too hot yeah. to be to be hanging stands illegally that are going to be there for more than three days. Exactly in that time yeah. of year. Well, you, know what you I mean? can't do it on the twenty second because it's more than three days. For, right. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. But I'm saying, <laughs> like, if people are going to be illegal, they're going to go out there in November and hunt. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So why are those deer doing that? That's what we got to figure it out. It probably is acorns. It's probably when those acorns start dropping, the deer spend they move their their home range to be closer to those acorns, mm-hmm. I think. And so they probably use different tanks, which could, you know, could uh, be a good thing. You know, if you like, we could basically take information this summer that we find on, and say, say we do find them and the acorns start falling, disappears. Well, there's this um, tank over here, like, you know, 370 yards that uh, a lot of deer have used this year. And there's some acorns or some oak trees by it, you know, like maybe he's moved over there and you, you know, pick him up over there or you just hunt it or whatever and hope that he's moved over there and he's using that water tank as mm-hmm. his evening source or whatever. So we also need to think about uh other food sources too and not just acorns. Like your hunts this year proved that persimmons are like a thing. Yeah. And then that we'll probably talk a little bit more as we move into later season. But there are some earlier dropping persimmons, right? Like mm-hmm. I've definitely seen persimmons dropping in October. Well I uh, killed I killed in I killed on November seventh. I killed uh, did I kill both deer on November 7th? No, you killed the doe the day before. Yeah. Did I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I killed November 6th and 7th. Mm-hmm. Both deer were interested in persimmons, and most of the persimmons were gone already. Really? I yeah. thought that there was a bunch of them on that one. When the doe was there, I thought there was a bunch on the there trees. There were a bunch, but um, but 
there, well, I can't say most of them were gone. They've been they, a lot Most eaten. of them were, yeah, a lot have been eaten, and most of them uh, not gone, but were, like, past the point of them wanting to probably eat a bunch of them. Not, not what am I trying to say? Past the point of being optimal, like, taste-wise and firmness. Like, they were starting to rot on the trees, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So, like, there's no doubt in my mind that in late October, persimmons were, like, popping. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think I even talked to the biologist, and he said the same thing, um, that they had been... They had been on the persimmons well, for a while. we know where there's persimmon trees in teenager country. Where's that? Let me think about this. Oh, yeah. We mm-hmm. do, don't we? Yeah. Yep. So that's a, that's a viable option there. And then maybe that's something that this summer we need to run around and, and really key on marking yeah. all those. Because, honestly, um, by the way things go, uh, we don't really have great acorns through a lot of October. Mm-hmm. That's usually like October 25th is when that really starts happening. Mm-hmm. Most of the ones that fall earlier are wormy. So they're probably hitting some type of soft, soft mass elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Mexican plums, persimmons. Mm-hmm. I mean, deer will eat green persimmons if they can get to them. They don't, like that astringency doesn't bother them. I've mm-hmm. seen them do it a lot. Hmm. So, um, of course, they like them right, but mm-hmm. just like anything else. <clears throat> I don't know. We're going to have to experiment yeah. a little bit with this and figure this thing out. I don't want to, like, I don't want to, um, we're too busy and everything else to um, work our tails off like we did in 2017 or whatever during the summer. Mm-hmm. But I do want to go out there and hang a bunch of cameras and then come back one time later after they've been there a long time and just try to evaluate and gain something from yeah. I think from that, that works for, for both of our, like, public land outlooks because a lot of times one of our issues is shortage of cameras. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost to the point where I'm just ready to just hunt on Texas public land mm-hmm. and just kill something. Uh, I mean, we've got some spots figured out. And honestly, as much camera running as we've done in the early season, just trying to find deer, it doesn't help that much. Mm-mm. So We've never seen it correlate, I don't no. think, man. It's what's, I think what matters most is in-season camera data for the mm-hmm. next season. Yep. And, uh, but in the, in the teenager situation, it will be different. Because we're looking for we know where he's going to be in the yes, in season exactly yeah. yeah but yeah so like I'm down for let's just go and figure out where he's at mm-hmm. no don't jack with too many other cameras early season except for you know maybe some fun stuff or trying out a new spot or whatever but like mm-hmm. going to some of our more traditional areas that we've hunted you know through the years like. And we might be doing nothing but messing it up when we go in there a lot in the summertime oh, yeah. trying to look for stuff. So, yep. I mean, that sounds good for me for planning early season, man. Just uh, do that. Who knows? Maybe get a wild hair and head somewhere different, yeah. you know, for October or whatever. We've done some of that in the past and could have killed one year that we took off and headed to a, uh, you know, headed a ways away to a new place. And yeah. Uh, ended up passing kind of a weird-looking young, real young buck, but we were just – we were way up in there, you know. We were. We were, we were like a, a mile and a half back. real mile and a half. And uh, kind of wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah. You know, like high expectations. Yeah. Whereas now, I'm, I guess after doing this for a while, I'm like, kill the deer mm-hmm. when you get a chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if I kill – if I do end up – getting lucky and patterning something in Kansas and killing it early season, kind of like, you know, late September, man, that would give me a lot of opportunity in that mid November range to, to, uh, hunt Texas public, which is when it's, when it is happening, man. So I don't know. Pretty exciting. Um, I know that, uh, for this come upcoming year, you know, you and I have talked about how busy we have gotten, how busy we're going to be, um, you know this this thing has taken off for us in the last year really well. Yeah, We've been thank blessed, y'all. man. Yeah, thanks a ton for just paying attention to what we're doing and just commenting on YouTube videos and stuff, man. That means it it really does mean the world to us because the reason we're doing this, we I mean, I think most people you could ask they would say that filming your hunts is it always kind of gets in the way in one way or another, and and it's the truth, and I like a lot of aspects of it, but. Um, you know, the, <laughs> how many times did a camera malfunction cost us deer or situations this year? Right. Uh, can, I mean, can we count them? I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, your Texas public land stuff, you decided to not let it get in the way, Yeah, but, um, you sacrificed on the camera end so you could kill some deer. Yeah. And then in Iowa, uh, we, you and I were up there and a f- camera on, or 
fluid head, head falls apart yeah. <laughs> while we're in the tree. And yeah. then you don't get to kill a buck on a ridge because your camera falls. Yeah. Like, just nose Who dives. knows how much, yeah. Yeah. And then your buck, you know. Yeah. You're just not not necessarily the camera malfunction, but just having a camera, you're like, well, instead of shooting this 12 yard shot, I'm going to wait till it gets to 30 and is sitting still. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get to, you know, do all that. So, yeah, a lot of times. And so my point is that um, the, the, you know, the reason that we do the camera stuff and the filming is because we want to, um, we want to hunt more. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're trying to live a dream and you guys are allowing us to do that. We appreciate that a lot. And so, um, you know, with that said, we are definitely going, we're looking for possible help. Um, and you know, a lot, I know there's a lot of different brands out there right now that are doing this quote unquote internship thing or whatever. And, uh, that's something that Casey and I've entertained is having somebody that, you know, helps us, uh, hopefully we'd give, we'd have a place to stay and some food and that kind of thing, you know, but, um, couldn't really pay, it wouldn't be really a paid position, you know, but, uh, all the I'd, hog meat you want, all the hog meat you'd want, that'd be probably your payment. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, that's something that we're entertaining. Uh, if you're interested, feel free to shoot us a, a message or something like that. I can't promise that we're going to choose you or that we're even going to have somebody for sure, but we have definitely, um, we definitely would like to have somebody if the right situation comes around for us, we're definitely going to probably entertain that and i know that uh, things in that whole uh realm have kind of changed a little bit for me too because i'm not sure uh what my living situation <laughs> is going to look like are you ever i thought <laughs> i thought i was going to build a house here pretty soon uh and i won't go into all the details of it but for some certain reasons and then we were going to have a great place uh which is where i live now for uh somebody to live during the season and come you know hang out with us and film us every day and um now it's looking like I may be in a different spot. So who knows? It's that's all uh, on a limb right now, out on a limb. So we're just going to see, uh, you know, how that turns out. But, um, you know, with that said, we're just kind of working day to day through the coronavirus stuff and and through the spring and fishing season. I know you just got a new bow sight. I did. Well, it's not new, but it's new to you. New to me. That's yeah. how we like to do things around the element, man. <laughs> it is. New to me, yeah. uh, which I did buy a new bow two years ago, uh, which I'll probably hang on to for a little while longer yet. Um, but uh, you, you know, sell the, it and get you a Hoyt. Ooh, just a smooth shooting Hoyt. Just to just, just to do it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so maybe I should just auction off. You know, to the highest bidder. To the highest bidder. Well, you should sign it before you do that. Ah, now we're talking. Um, <laughs> so, um, I've always shot a seven-pin uh, fixed sight, and I always really liked it. And then it's well, let me say this: it's never cost me an animal because there's always other attributing factors to like losing uh, or missing a shot or losing an animal or whatever. But, um. As the years have gone on, I realized that that sight is real good for uh, being in the yard and, like, stepping off 80 yards and shooting 80 yards and feeling real cool. Mm-hmm. But um, when you've got seven pins in a sight picture, it gets real busy real quick. And um, I know that uh, I missed an elk partially because of a seven-pin sight. Um <laughs> I know what else. I don't know. So the, you missed an elk because you're 40 and 60 are the same color. We yeah, talked 40, about it yeah. back on the recap. Yes, exactly. And I had to make a split decision, got that color on and shot, and then uh, as soon as I released, I, I knew that it was the wrong wrong pin. But mm-hmm. uh, that was enough to make me just start thinking about other situations. Well, we got some rain coming in, so mm-hmm. sorry if you all hear that. But uh, I knew that... Um, I wanted to look at something like that was a movable sight, but I've always been against a single pin because I thought that, man, what happens if a deer runs in to 15 and then he runs back out to 30 and you need to take a shot? Well, after this year shooting a deer at 30 and seeing how sketchy that is sometimes, uh, the only time I'm going to be taking a shot past 30 is when I'm for sure that the deer has no clue that I'm in the world, and then I'm still going to hope that I get a shot closer. So or he's an absolute giant. Absolute giant. Or I'm on the <laughs> ground or like but but in in the intent is to shoot deer closer from here on out. That's mm-hmm. what I would like to do. Yeah. So um 
I was talking to the star of the show, Brennan Rhodes, the other day. If y'all remember <laughs> that guy, uh, we, I went over to his house because his wife took some baby pictures for us, and uh, we were sitting around shooting the bull, as he likes to say, and uh, and like to likes to do, by the way. <laughs> but uh, he, I was talking to him about you know just some ideas on sites and stuff. Like, man, I kind of would like to have a movable like three pin or something. He's like, well, I got that HHA single pin in there. You can use if you want to. Said, you know what? I think I might take you up on that. Good time of year to do That's it. That's right, man. If there's any time, this is the time of year to do that. So I uh, brought that thing home, strapped it on, and uh, went to slinging some of those uh, heavy day six airs through it. And it was like night and day, honestly, with how clear my sight picture is. And not only that, but just how that sight orients. It's up and down as opposed to the, to the side, which is like I've only shot pins that came from the side throughout my life so now you got this thing coming up and down and it just opens the target up for you so much because as humans we are we look at things on a horizontal level right Mm -hmm. or like we're we're meant to scan the horizon our eyes are left and right not up and down right so when things are up and down they are a lot easy easier to like just ignore or act like they're not there as opposed to something like this takes up or okay, I'm, I'm doing this with my hands while I'm talking <laughs> as opposed to something that's horizontal sticking out um, just is a lot more obtrusive okay especially that's the first it, thing I notice especially when it, most animals are shooting at are horizontally yes, oriented exactly yeah exactly so like whenever you're trying to shoot a deer say you're right handed and a deer is approaching from right to left and you're trying to put a pin on this deer on the crease, right? So, like, where the shoulder blade hits the vitals on the side, uh, in the crease. In the uh, crease. In the crease. <laughs> um, so, you're covering up, like, what, two-thirds or more of that animal? Mm. It gets kind of tough to really pick that spot. Whereas with this vertical pin, you can put this thing up here, and you can see the whole animal, mm-hmm. minus, like, a leg or something. But, like, say, for instance, you put this thing on its heart, you're literally covering the deer like three percent of its body with mm-hmm. with something man it's a night and day difference thing i feel like what when, when it's where it's really going to help too and where it's really going to shine is in quartering away situations because when you're covering up a deer that's quartering away like mm-hmm. it's just hard to find perspective on how that deer is actually angled and where you know yeah. like where you're supposed to put your pin i mean you know like that's why you look at the nameless shot like that's not why necessarily, but it's possibly why I shot that deer in the crease at angle, pretty good hard angle away, you know, like mm-hmm. quarter away. It's like, you know, probably ended up, you know, it went straight into like the very front part of the shoulder probably and just buried. And it's like, you know, I almost wondered if I missed the the other lung because I shot in front of it. You know, I shot so far forward and I hit him right in the crease. But it's like that's your <clears throat> the crease is your only point of reference in a quarter away. Sometimes you know what I mean. Like where else are you going to aim? Because it's just a a blob of stomach pretty much. You know, after the crease is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So I think like where you'll be able to really see it shine is when you can see the back end of that deer on the right side yeah. and the front end on the left side, and you know, go okay, that's the spot. Right I tell there, you what you know? else is going to shine in, and I I had no clue until I actually started shooting it is in low light scenarios. I know that. Um, I've struggled, like, in situations where it's still legal light, but it's low light, to find the deer in my sight picture anytime mm-hmm. I draw in low light because, especially with that seven in particular, mm-hmm. that's, that's so much junk. Like, my sight picture is more pins than it is not, mm-hmm. right? This thing is 90%, 92%. I'm just throwing random numbers mm-hmm. out, but a lot more open. I, and I, I could just tell that target shooting. I was like, wow, I, I can see... Because used to, I can remember, like on multiple times, especially target shooting in low light, I would draw, put my peep sight up, look through my sight pins, and I would like bring my head out to make sure mm-hmm. I was like looking where Actually the deer through was. the peep yes, and exactly. everything. Yeah. yeah. And this, it's like night and day different, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome. I, cool. Like I didn't used to be a single pin guy, but I think that this is what I'm going to shoot this year. Mm-hmm. Unless, some, you know, I'm going to shoot it some throughout the summer and then see, but unless something changes, I can take that thing. And even with the super heavy deadly arrows that we're shooting, um, I can put my sight on 26, 26 yards, my single pin, and I'm shooting two inches high at 18 and, like, almost three inches low at 30. Like, that's that's pretty deadly. That's mm-hmm. pre- And 
I mean, we know that shooting a little bit low at 30 is not a bad thing. Right. right? Yeah, we so, talked about that. Uh, yeah. That's a that's probably a pretty deadly thing to be able to do mm-hmm. is to be able to to just take that thing, stick it on one spot right there. And then you've got it after that. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty stoked about it, man. Yeah, man. I, I am too, man. I'm, I'm interested in seeing how it how it turns out for you. Um, uh, I mean, like I'm starting to get to where I'm really itching to shoot again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't, haven't shot much since deer season or maybe even at all, really. Uh, I ended up burning my targets on accident. And so that's a whole other story. Uh, your target and my target, actually. <laughs> oh, was one of them yours? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the bag one was. Yeah. I forgot Sorry, that was, it was your about target. half worn out anyways. It was pretty worn out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll get you a new one. Or, a, right. you know, a new to me one. The element needs to buy targets, <laughs> but I think. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, we need some targets. Send so. us a target, guys. How about that? There you go. <laughs> Somebody please send me a target. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's uh, that's what I'm looking at, man, is uh, hopefully starting to shoot soon, fishing, planning uh, more and more of what's going to happen this summer when we start setting cameras. Uh, for now, the deer shed, and we are apparently not shed hunting uh, we are going to go pull some cameras that have been out for a minute, and then uh, every day's a shed hunt, Tyler. Is it? Yeah, I found them in a uh, very conspicuous location. The I think other I, was, day. I just went and peed by a shed. <laughs> you probably there. did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you posted on on Instagram the other day the pictures. They look so staged, and I wish they. Oh, didn't. I know because there's there's a there's a one that a lot of brands have been using that I'm almost 100 percent sure is a staged. Yeah. Shot. This was not, unless somebody's pranking us hard and yeah. we don't know about it. I legit found some sheds from the road, a match set that's like one of the probably the biggest East Texas sheds you're gonna find. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, every day, every stuck day's in a, a tree. Every day's a shed hunt, Tyler. It is, it is. That's true, man. Well, maybe we'll find one when we go check those cameras. But otherwise, I did do a poll the other day, and Southern people, people from the South, were not super thrilled about shed hunting. Mm-hmm. But there are a few. There are a few that are all about it. But um, depends on how far south yeah. you get. South of Austin. Oh yeah, yeah. Finding some sheds Finding down there. Finding some huh? sheds down there. I've heard the stories, man. Yeah, I mean, yet to see it, but maybe one day. It, but, but I tell you what, that ain't a place for you, sir. No, it's not. Because mosquitoes. you don't like water, man, water, water moxkins. Rattlesnakes. Let me tell you something. Mosquitoes. Rattlesnakes are a whole new level of scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because especially they let when, you know they're there. Especially when they don't go, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I almost stepped on you. <laughs> like that stick looked like a snake. <laughs> oh man. Oh, anyway, so I guess that's going to wrap it up for anything else you want to say, man? Uh, I don't think so. Be sure and tune in tonight at 8 p.m. Yep. Uh, Central if you are outside of that. Uh, do the math. And um, we'll be interviewing a couple dudes. Uh, just got a message from one while ago. It would be a pretty cool uh, interview. All right. So um, we got a couple cool things lined up. So we'll do that this evening. And uh, be sure and say howdy and uh, get on there and ask us some questions if you got any questions about what we got going on or yep. what's going on in your life. We'll try to help you out with stuff. Uh, if uh, Not that we have good advice, but we might have some ideas along the way. Mm-hmm. Also, if you uh, heard him earlier, we linked to the videos, uh, the Texas Pub Kills from this year, and also the Meat Buck. Which Ooh. I uh, threw that up on the on Facebook today because it was a – it just was a. It's a cool video, man. It's it like it's like that was such a good day, man. That was like the first time we got it done, man. So, I know. Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna link to those though, so go hit them in the show notes right now. Also, make sure you're subscribed, and remember, this is your element. Living it. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.